Hello, hello! Welcome to the Flux Campaign! Last time we left our heroes, they entered a new world on top of a mountain. Making their way down, they were introduced to dense foli they were introduced to some dead foliage until they made their way to a small town. They have discovered that this town and the surrounding area is being cursed by an undead blight. They reached the bar where they spoke to the mayor about what has been going on until they heard a blood curling scream going on outside. Our heroes have gone to investigate. This is today's session, and I am DM Steve, and I usually play Theos. I'm Sarah, and I play Isabel. I'm Jackie, and I play Silva, a gnome ranger, with her beast companion, White Tiger Snowflake. I'm Tony, and I play a changeling, Sorcerer Warlock. Charlie, playing a Goliath Barbarian. I am Eric, playing a portal uh, paladin named Loka. And I'm Dominic. I play an elf cleric named Anorin. You know, for whatever reason, I just realized I didn't actually say my name. Charlie's playing Bardus. Duh. <laughs> Tony didn't say his name either. I, I, I did. Oh, I didn't. Uh, his name's Puck. Uh. <laughs> okay, so wonderful start to everybody. Wonderful. Yeah, all, yes, wonderful all professionals. Start. All professionals. We're not professionals. We've never been paid for this. Nickname well, this Cookie. Is be, uh, from what I hear, this is going to be combat heavy, so they're gonna, everybody's going to see how well we do in that. Yeah, let's, let's make sure nobody All right, let's, everyone prep secondary characters. Yes. Yeah, I totally forgot yes. that uh, I, I want to be a fighter. Last time, so. This I've is read... a new session for those of you listening. <laughs> I've read the rules on how medicine and heal kits work. I am prepared for this session. Oh, damn. Actually, I forgot how it works. I have I one. It. I should probably check it. <laughs> oh, you can check it while we're in combat. Anywho. All right, this so world work on reincarnation. Lokar is going to point and run out the building. Yes, you all hear a blood-curdling scream that cuts into your conversation with the... Uh, tavern keeper who is also the mayor of this village of Gensai. Lokar bolts towards the door. What does the rest of the group do? I follow on his heels. I got some big heels. I well, they make it easy. They make it easy to follow. Fair enough. Big scaly heel. A big bushy beard. Bardas stands and makes his Did way you towards. Roll for that? Uh, no, I, that wasn't me. I let you guys go. Oh. Puck, Puck watches the group go forward. I get up too, but just show them. No, just go. <laughs> Not in a rush. So we'll uh, follow, but peek around the doorway. So not is, as enthusiastically. Right? Following, but being cautious. Excellent. Everyone makes their way outside the door. Lokar reaches it first as he charges through the swinging door and finds himself back into the center of the town square across the way about 60 to 50, about 50 to 60 feet away he sees walking a lanky creature with white skin a long tongue protruding from the mouth with long sharp teeth and elongated arms that seem to be ending in large claws there is a visible mist around his body that seems to make those he attacks unable to breathe. Lashes out, leaving dead people on the ground. So you're saying he doesn't look good? I'm saying he is <laughs> ugly and not a fun guy. Probably and a good I'm, thing you have a shell. And I'm saying uh, Anorin like, uh, immediately thinks he's, he's an undead. Yeah, I don't even think I need to divine sense this one. I'm just going to no. run at him. <laughs> Okay. Hey, yeah. hey, Anorin, uh, please remember to keep your finger down on the push to talk to for a second or two after you're done talking. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Um, <laughs> so are we rolling initiative? I mean, you guys have a surprise round. He hasn't noticed you yet. He's 60 feet away. Let's see, I'll even roll for stealth. I want to go up and just head crack him. Sure, go ahead and give me a stealth. Okay. Is that an undead? <laughs> oh, that was not a good stealth. <laughs> Yeah, you, you can try. That's a three. <laughs> That's a three. It's it was not a four a minus one because I am not stealthy. Oh, he'll definitely notice you as you approach. That's <laughs> fine. I pink cantering up there. No, no. What he did, he did, he did the Skyrim crouch to be stealthy, <gasps> but he realized he's he's not in Skyrim, so it didn't actually do anything. 
I went I went to be quiet, like I tried to watch my footing, and I fell, and I spun as my turtle shell at him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a green shell going across the ground. Uh, Bardis, quick, jump on him. <laughs> well, Anorin wastes no time, and he's going to shoot out a guiding bolt. Ooh. All right. Guiding bolt him. Is there any save against that? I'm pretty sure Guiding Bolt's against AC, isn't it? Is it AC? It's a... It should, it's a plus four to hit. It's a plus four to hit. It's against AC. What's it, what's okay. it look like? Is it a pew-pew? Finger gun? Yes, it's a... It's, well, it's a, it's a talk to the palm, and the palm is a beam of light. It's like an Elder's Blast, but nice. Aw, how nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to roll now. I'm going to roll now. All right. <sighs> Sounds wonderful. Yeah, I didn't sound <laughs> good. I love when you can tell a dice roll by the side. Well, I somehow probably distracted by the turtle, you know, <laughs> I don't know, Mario carding towards this creature. Uh, it goes. <laughs> I rolled a two, so it's only a six. Oh. So it goes. Yeah, no, you're. So you get distracted by the spinning shell as you point your finger at the uh, undead creature and your aim is just slightly off as you are distracted. <laughs> this is going great. Holy crap, a six is a slightly miss? <laughs> well, it might not be very dexterous. Yeah. You know, with, well, the, with the muscular atrophy. Uh, anybody... Run up there and hit him. That, that's fine, he's 60 feet away, though. Oh, fair enough. Then I'm going to dash up to him, I guess. I guess. Uh, anybody else wanted to use the surprise round? Right now, I. How threatening does he look compared to how many of us are there? Well, there's a few dead bodies. His body is giving off a visible uh, aura of mist that seems to be affecting anyone within a certain distance of him. Um, and he's. Oh. Yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. You're not going to get up to him because you already said you were going to try and sneak, which is for you using like a bonus action, so you can't really full dash. Um, Here, gonna oh, say, How uh, far is he from him? Uh, Lokar is going to end his turn 30 feet away. Okay. Artist just legitimately asked, is that an undead? And then I'm guessing Lokar just yeah. takes off right after asking. I don't know. Apparently... I'm going to try and get a closer look. Uh, I will draw my sword and swing it. Uh, swing the sword towards him and out of the sword a dark bolt comes and lunges towards the the undead guy and are, hopefully it are hits. You, are, you, are you... I'm trying to make a fancy Eldritch Blast, okay? Nice, I like it. <laughs> It's an Eldritch Blast with your sword? Yeah, and actually, uh, I want to find out if it hits him first before I do the next fancy bit. Well, you have to roll against his AC, so go. Alright, I rolled an 18. You hit. Alright, so then what he does is uh, he just takes the sword and then pulls it face up and then pulls it. And as it pulls it, it pulls him 10 feet closer. Oh! Ooh, roll your damage. One second, 1d10. Ten. He takes ten. All right. Uh, then left is Silva and Isabel if they want to do anything on the surprise round. Um, what is the... I don't know that we found out his name. The mayor bartender guy. What is his reaction? He stayed in the tavern. He doesn't look concerned or anything. Oh no, he looked he looked concerned. He also looked like he wanted to stay alive. Perfectly content with not meeting an undead. Um, then I kind of want to ask him, like, turn around, yell at him for like any advice or what are these things or what can we do about them? 
I mean, you can send them back to their maker. How? Hit them really hard. Is that what you guys have been doing? Thus far. Trying to. Okay, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> um... There's just one? I mean, did, did you leave the yeah. tavern yet, or are you talking to the bartender? Well, I, from the doorway, <laughs> I was yelling at the bartender. I guess I don't know the, how big the bar is to yell at him. Uh, Would I be able to, from the doorway, yell back at him? Yes. Okay, so if I look now outside... Yes. If I can do all this and surprise around. Um, surprise talk. Surprise talk. <laughs> you surprise talked. Can I see how many there are? You see one. One creature. I'm just going to get my bow ready. Alright, you ready your bow. Oh, sorry. Uh, how far away? You said 50, 60. Okay, yeah. I'm going to stay there. Yeah, he, he, wherever. He's 10 feet closer now. Oh, okay. Thank you. So 50 feet away. Okay. Uh, Isabel, anything for your surprise round? So, Isabel is now... If you look back, her eyes are red. Yes. And she steps out of the tavern and <laughs> runs forward. <laughs> and then it would take the two actions. I don't think I would make it from where the tavern is to him, but she's probably up by um, local. I, I mean, if you use your action to dash, you move double your speed. So, I mean, you you would be able to get up to him. Wouldn't be able to attack him. Yeah, but I don't want to be that. I, I'm going to be smart here and not be that close yet. I'll d run up 30 feet. It's as if we're right. gun shy or something. I uh, know. So, yeah, so you'll end 20 feet away from him. Okay. All right. Everyone, roll initiative. I forgot. Psh. 12. Eight. Eleven. Mm, five. <laughs> we all suck. Seventeen. God, I got twelve. Ah. I was so surprised by the surprise round that I forgot to do initiative. Or it's so surprising. And the creature goes on fifteen. So start top of the order, Silva. Um, I'm gonna shoot. Alright. Uh, I'm sorry, I will first... Hunter's Mark. You got it. Um... Well, you're already better than Laura Bailey. I do an extra 1d6. Yes. Shooting my bow. That is a 12 to hit. That misses. Oh. Your arrow flies right over his head as it ducks down as it sinks its teeth into a fresh corpse. Oh. That that helpful uh, talk with the mayor didn't threw me helpful. off. It wasn't helpful. Well, he said to smack him hard, not shoot him oh, with that's arrow. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Go for the head. <laughs> All right. Uh, next next up is the creature. The creature. The arrow passing over its head, it pulls its mouth out, flesh sticking to its sharp teeth as it looks over and sees the group. It notices that Axel is the closest uh, living body to it, and it makes its way towards her. Uh, it will run up to Axel. Axel, I'm going to need you to make a constitution saving throw as it approaches you. Is this an aura thing? It is a five-foot... It has a five foot radius of stench. Okay. Just smelly, smelly. Can you actually smell smelly it? Smelly cat. <laughs> Hold on, doing math. Yep. Yeah. 12? Sorry. Math is hard. Sure. Yes, you successfully save. As the creature approaches you, as it gets into your range, all of a sudden, you are overcome by this smell of rotted 
flesh and just feces and all this disgusting shit you could ever think of just rolled into one smell. You start to feel your stomach try to upchuck, but you manage to hold it down as your hands just grasp tighter around your weapon. And it will take a swing at you! <gasps> yeah. Sounds so pleasant. Uh, it is going to take a claw attack. That is a 19 to hit. Dead hit. Eesh. Right, and it is... Ah! Oof! Uh, that is going to be a total of 9 damage. I have a med kit! I remember... I am the med kit. Alright, uh, Puck and Isabel, you go both go at 12, so you can decide who makes their action first. Uh, how far are you, Isabel? I'm up close and personal with the beat. Oh. Okay. Uh, I will... Just with my other hand, reach up and just claw at it. And... It will have to make a save, and I'm at a distance still. And then pretty much you just see shadows wreathe my hand as I do that. And you're just like shooting a claw at it? Yeah, and then you'll see a shadow claw appear behind it. Okay, what's the saving? It's a to hit. I gotta roll to hit. Oh, okay. Uh, 21. Uh, yeah. (laughs) That hits. Five. Alright, five damage it is. Alright, Isabel, you're up. Ooh, I'm gonna hit it. Yeah. Oh, and the damage is necrotic. I'm not sure how that works with Undead. Oh, he's resistant, so he gets half damage, so he takes three, we'll say. Yeah, it's always wrong, though. Oh, if you hit an Undead target, it also has disadvantage on attack rolls against you until the next turn. Huh. Against you. Yes. Against okay. me. Yes. Alright, Isabel. Alright, I want to hit him. Yeah. Great act. Yes. Does a 19 hit? A 19 definitely hits. Please roll damage. Whoa. 14 damage. Ooh! Ooh. Gnarl at him. Come on. Bring it. Having having gained control of your constitution as it approached you, you just look at it, snarl as your great axe just cleaves into the shoulder between where the shoulder and the neck meet, and you just cleave right into him, pull back, and you're ready for more. All right. <laughs> Lokar, you're up. I believe you made 30 feet out. He is about 20 feet away from you at this time. I thought he ran up to Isabel, and I would have been closer to Isabel. Yes, you are correct. He is probably... Okay. I'll say probably a 10-foot step, 10 feet away. Alright, so... Doesn't that Lokar gonna... need a concentration check? Well, he is within 5 feet. So, yeah. first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to cast... So, Lokar basically pulls the sword into him and he kind of concentrates for a second and he whispers something and suddenly you see like a radiant glow on his sword alright what are you I am doing uh, divine favor okay and then I will walk up or well I'll get over to him so I'm going to go the 10 feet Um, is that constitution save a disease it is poison okay so please make a save. Uh, oh, oh, it's a con save though. Oh, it is. Con. It is a con save. I was looking to see because I thought I had an act, uh, an advantage, but it's only if I'm in my shell. Yeah. Con. That is a nine. Oh, you are poisoned until the start of your next turn. Okay. What does that mean? Uh, da, 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 da. You, you have... can add, add it to your conditions on there on the D&D Beyond you do, a poisoned creature has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks 
you have disadvantage. Uh, go. It's right underneath the hit points. It says conditions. Add active conditions. Fancy. So you. You're not going to tell me what it means. Oh, poison creatures disadvantage on attack rolls and blood. Okay, that's fine. Yep. Um. All right. I'm still going to swing at him. Yes. So disadvantage. So roll two dice. Yeah, I understand how to do disadvantage. Yep. Both of them were tens. I get a bonus because they were naturally tens. Um. That is a 15 to hit. That will hit, please. Okay, so that is 1d. Isn't that a rule? If you roll doubles, you get to roll again? Yeah, I feel like that should be a rule. That's Jumanji. (laughs) That's a d8. Uh, D8. That is 8 plus 3, so 11. And my divine favor adds a d4 radiant. And that is a 4 in radiant damage. All right, so well, you... Then, or sorry, that's... Sure, I guess if you total it up. All right, you... 15 damage, 4 of a Radiant. You charge up to this creature as you bless your blade with your magic. It's, its edge glowing with a divine light. And as you swing at it, you bring it down on its skull. And its skull splits as a divine light just shoots out of it into the sky. And it crumples to the ground as its body starts to disintegrate into ash. And then I do the frog thing from Chrono Trigger. I just lay, raise my sword in the air and the light knows. <laughs> yeah, so however, you are still singing until the end of your, until then, the end of I your next... I do this, and then you just see me go... Alright, and then it will go to a Norin. I thought there was only one of these things. Huh? Okay. Yeah, I thought that was only one. Yeah, at least that we, we saw. Oh. I want to say double tap the bodies. <laughs> Anorin, Probably don't want to do that in a strange town. Do- check the bodies. Anorin, it is your turn. Um, With the slain of the beast, you feel like everything should be alright, yet there's this pit in your stomach. That from your senses, that from your cleric senses, that just tells you that something's still not quite right. Plus, I the want... battle music is still going. <laughs> if 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 we are blessed with battle music, this video on this cast, um, yeah, I want. If I want to put more battle battle music. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I want you to go ahead, Anorin, and roll me a perception check. Yes, sir. Alright, that, that would be a 14 cute. A 14, alright. As you get that feeling in the pit of your stomach that something's not quite right, in the corner Actually, of your... Sorry, 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 I forgot to add my bonus. 18. Whatever, same thing. As you feel that pit in your stomach that something's not quite right, you see out of the corner of your eye, rounding a corner, is a skeleton in full studded leather armor, wielding a sword in one hand, and what looks like a magical rod with what with a gem on the end that's glowing as it approaches the square. Is and he strutting? now he or is he strutting. He is. He is. He is strutting like he is from the Evil Dead movies. Okay. Um. Right, and I, I, wait, that, I'm not done. I'm not done. Listen to the DM. Um. And as you see him start to approach, all of a sudden you start feeling slight vibrations moving through the stones towards you from behind the skeleton. And from around the corner, you see a very large, very undead ogre. That okay. skeleton looks happy. Okay, I so can't see it. basically, I basically shout, uh, I shout to everybody, saying like, "Steal yourselves! This battle, this battle is not yet over." Yes, gird those damn loins, man. <laughs> All right. So, to give an idea of distance from this, they are currently forty feet out from the center. Um, the creature that you already dispatched was uh, moved in twenty feet and then was pulled in another ten, I believe, which he brought him to the center. So, for those at the center of the town square, the creatures are forty feet away. From those closer to the tavern. 
your creatures are 70 feet away. Oh, so they're like, they're far away from the tavern entrance as possible. Yeah, they're on the opposite side of the town square. Okay. Right. Of where how, the tavern How wide is their approach? Basically, are they like between houses? Like, or... Oh, they're coming down the main road that you guys came in from the entrance of the village. That leads into the center of the town square. Is that, oh, like, is that like 40 feet wide or... Uh, I'm going to say it's probably a good 30 to 40 feet wide, you know, it usually has... When this place was more alive, it had probably trades and carts going back and forth. Okay, okay. Uh, so, I guess for my turn, what I'll do, since uh, it's a spiffy new spell, uh, I'm going to throw a Flaming Fear out. Wow. Fl flaming Fear? Flaming Fear! <laughs> flaming Sphere. That sounds, that sounds badass. Sphere, sphere. It's just a, it's just a ball. It's a ball of fire. Alright. You said they're 30 feet away from me or 40? Where are you? You didn't leave the tavern, right? Uh, I was behind Lokar and then I saw him do the whirly thing where he. Which was from the start of the tavern. So you're at the tavern, so they're 70 feet away. Yeah. Um. One second. Let me just check the spell description how much I can move this damn thing. Yeah, sure. Puck looks to his oh. side, just sees the cleric, just looking in a book, like, oh shit, where are the rules again? <laughs> Hello, God? I need a recap God. on my spells. God puts one all second, these stipulations on there. Must go no one further second, than one 50 second. feet. I'm, I'm, what the I'm, hell? I'm, 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 with the, I'm with the helpline. I'm with the helpline. It's a very particularly honorary diva, okay? Just bear with me. Bear with me. We'd like to let you know that cleric calls are very important to us. <laughs> we will be with you momentarily. Right as you launch a spell, God, all this, your God comes out with a measuring meter stick, just walks out the line. Up, oh, I'm sorry, it'll only go this far. Well, if you move uh, 20 feet this way, the spell will go up without a hit. Okay, so what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna move up. Uh, I'm not even. I'm actually not even gonna move. I'm gonna cast flaming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pretend to fake. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up, y'all! Uh, I am going to cast my Flaming Sphere spell, because it's like a uh, 60-foot spell and plus 5 per level. Um, I will cast it and lay it right between the Skeleton with the Rod and the Flaming and the Ogre. Because basically, it burns anything within 5 feet of it. So I believe that should be enough to hit both of them. Uh, there is a 10-foot gap between the Skeleton and the Ogre as the ogre moves at a slower pace, but with larger steps. Um, you can hit one, but not the other. Okay, okay. Um, I guess I will put it in front of the ogre to see if it would stop his, like, walk. Basically, he needs to make a 12 dex save, and uh, I rolled to do 2d6 damage. If he uh, succeeds the dex save, he takes only half damage. Alright, what's the DC? 12. Well, that is a 12 minus 2. Ooh. So that is a 10, so he does not make it. He will take 7 burning damage. That's it? <laughs> that seems like such setup for 7 damage. <laughs> I didn't warn that, I just swung. Well, yeah. I mean, it is divine. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Boris, looks like your guy is over there. Have fun. <laughs> My guy was. You're looking for a fight. That that's a big the big flaming ogre looks like a good fight. Is that undead? <laughs> I feel like we have so. turns. <laughs> but it is Bardus's turn. Oh there you go. You can do call and response. You could go and ask him. <laughs> Are you undead, sir? Well no that's one's like really responded like yet. Yeah, no uh, yeah, I'm pretty what the, he looks undead, yeah, or no? Are you asking the DM? See, si. yes. I mean that would be metagaming. So, <laughs> the, like, is it like a skull or is it just a giant ogre? Oh, I mean, there's definite signs that the ogre has like some rotted flesh on its body. Well, I'm pretty sure the skeleton is undead. I don't know. He just might be on a really slim diet. <sighs> Alright, I will bet you one gold 
that either of those are undead. Are you talking to Bardus? Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how to take that, but getting the fact that I don't know what an undead is. Mm. Alright, so they are... Since I'm closer to the tavern, uh, given that we're talking 70 feet for both, with then there's a, what'd you say, a 10-foot separation between the... Skeleton and, and the skeleton. Yes, sir. So 80 feet to the ogre. Well, I... Bardis cracks his knuckles. All right, well, the gold's a gold. And <laughs> uses dash unfortunately to get only 60 feet so that's as close as he can get so he'll be 10 feet away I'm like guessing from the skeleton alright uh then it goes back to the top of the order Silva the warrior looking thing was in front of the ogre the skeleton in studded leather armor with a sword and a Rod with a glowing gem at the end is in front of the ogre. They have a ten foot distance across between them, and then they are seven. The skeleton is seventy feet away. Ooh, I kind of want to try to aim for the thing at the gem at the top of the staff. All right, if you want to try a call shot, I won't stop you. I think it's usually a disadvantage. Though. I'm sure it is. <laughs> it's a disadvantage, heightened AC, all the good stuff. But I mean, you know. I can try. Crazy calls, right? I'm gonna aim for that. Double net 20, the rough thing. So, disadvantage? Yes. Okay. Uh, there's a net 20. Ooh. Hold on. She's only rolled one time. Oh, and a 15. A 15? A A dirty 15. You're aiming for the rod specifically? Yeah. Uh oh, he's <laughs> Uh, you missed the rod. However, I, I do want you to roll damage, because okay. you are going to hit the ogre. Okay. So I, my mark wouldn't have moved because I would have cut me call that. Okay. Yeah. Four damage. All right. As you notice the magic gem and think to yourself, hmm, that looks important, and draw your bow, you let loose the arrow. However, the skeleton notices and lifts the staff just enough that it misses, swings past the skeleton, and hits the ogre in its big toe. Okay. I'll take it. And I'm done. Oh. Uh, Silva, next is the skeleton. I'm just excited I hit something, so. The skeleton is going to notice Silva, then look at Bardis. It's going to point the staff at Bardis, and the gem is going to glow a bit as the ogre's attention then focuses on Bardis. <laughs> Crack knuckles. <laughs> Alright, and then the skeleton will move... Uh, we'll use his movement to move 30 feet into the center. He is now currently 40 feet. He's going to avoid Bars to go the other way around, the center of the uh, of the town square towards the tavern. So he's going to avoid Bardis. I use my reaction to shake my fist angrily as I can do nothing else. <laughs> It flips you the bird. Wow. Uh, after him is Puckin' Isabel. Uh, ladies first. Me next. <laughs> What's closest to me? Uh, you could do a... You could do a 15-foot dash across the center of the town square and get to the skeleton or you could move 30 feet towards the ogre but he's still 10 feet out of range I'll go for the skeleton sounds good 
dash for the skeleton and hit him. Alright. Please go ahead and swing. 19. 19 hits. Thirteen damage. Alright, and as you go and you swing through, his body just falls apart. As his bones just clank to the ground. Yes! <laughs> that was quick. It's a, it's a freaking skeleton, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> More hit points? <laughs> uh, Puck, you're up. That'll teach him. Okay. Can I ask what happens to the staff when this? Oh, the staff clatters to the ground. Ooh, ooh, grab the staff. Ooh, ooh, but actions Better are over. <laughs> Puck. Tony. <laughs> Tony. Puck. Lost him? Uh, maybe we lost him. Maybe he fell asleep. <laughs> he saw that skeleton die and he was just like, oh, this is boring. We will forever remember Puck as being uh. lagged out. Well, we will let him back in uh, once he is reconnected. Until then, Lokar! Alright, so am I close enough to go over to the ogre? Uh, you are at the center, so you are still 40 feet out from the oak. Uh, okay. Um. Yeah, I don't think he would have seen the, uh, the whole reaction with him using the staff. He was probably too distracted to puking. I lost my poison, right? Uh, end of the next turn. Oh, that was the end of my next turn when I got poisoned. At the until the start of its next turn. So yes, you are now fine after puking up the contents of okay. the poison. Good. Um, is it worth casting? Uh, okay. Yeah, it's not going to work. All right. So I'm going to then go the thirty feet. So, is there anybody near the ogre? Uh, no, there was no one near the ogre. Uh, however, I believe... There's a ball of Bardis, there. Bardis is, I think, 10 feet away from the ogre. Because he moved a full dash 60. Oh, wait, no, so he's 20 feet away from the ogre. 20, correct. Lokar, you could move... I'll move 30 up feet from the, you'll You'll end up next to Bardis. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get next to Bardis. Um, and then I am going to... Yeah, just in case. I'm going to go ahead and... So as soon as I get up next to Bardis, I'm like, I'm here for your brother. And I kind of like, I kind of like do this, like, I kind of shove my shield against my sword. And as they clang, the shield actually glows. Um, and so I'm going to do Shield of Faith on my shield. Okay, you buff your shield. I'm blowing spell slots like crazy. That's okay. <laughs> uh, then the ogre starts its turn. Uh, Dominic, is there anything I need to know about the sphere of fire at the start of its turn? Uh, basically, anything within five feet of it is going to get burned. At the start of their turn or on your turn? Whenever it, whenever it moves into the area. Okay, well, this is going to move out of the area. So it, it doesn't it doesn't specify if, if it's like if it you it like move through a certain spot, but if it moves out of the area, I don't think it takes any more damage. Is it starting its turn in the sphere? It, it is because he put the sphere right. He's next to the sphere. The sphere is next to him. He's within five feet of it. Um, just take a look at. I think if he, I think if any point during his turn he ends up in the sphere, I think he takes the damage. Here if we he go. Starts in it, then he would take the damage at the start of his turn. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. Uh, any creature that ends its turn within five feet of the sphere must make a dexterity saving. 
Uh, as a bonus action, you can move the sphere up to 30 feet. If you ram the sphere into a creature, creature must make a saving throw. Move the sphere. There's nothing stating that it takes damage at the start of its turn. So as long as it uses its turn and gets out of the 5 feet radius, it should be fine without taking damage. Based on how the spell is written. Coming back. Alright, so the ogre will move away from the flame sphere, stepping over and around as it moves 30 feet up to Bardis. So. It's blacked out, apparently. And it will Wait, raise. Hold on. hold on. I'm going to use protection. He's going to have a disadvantage on this. What happened? We're, st we're still fighting the ogre. The skeleton's down, but we're still fighting the ogre. Right, yeah, I'm going uh, to use my, it, my reaction to impose disadvantage on the ogre. All Do right, I get a turn now? You'll get a turn after it's done attacking, because you... Damn. Because yeah. you lagged out. So it will raise its arm, holding a large morning star, and just try to swing it down on top of Bardis. Uh, that is advantage, that hit is still a 17. Damn. Right on the money. Ah. Uh, it's, it's cool. It's cool. And you will take... Oh no! That's one away from max damage. Uh... Actually no, that's three away from max damage. Still. Uh, that is 17 damage. I use my reaction to trigger Stone's Endurance. I negate 1d12 plus 3 damage. Alright. Nice. Alright, so I nuke uh, 7 damage off of that. So what was the... What so you, you take do? 10. Alright, that's cool. So you take 10. Um. So as it rears back its arm and then brings down the Morningstar, um, Lokar using his his protection ability with his shield, tries to deflect it with his shield. However, his shield just dings the Morningstar and actually manages to make the, the swing at an even worse angle for Bardis as it goes to slam into his side from sideways rather than over. Bardis, however, just digs his heels into the ground. You see his muscles flex as he just layers up at the ogre and the Morningstar just slams into his side but he doesn't move an inch yeah yeah I'll go with that I like that and then we go to Puck who was distracted by the glowy stick for a moment and now it is his turn it, was, it fell to the ground and I got distracted uh, it, that flaming sphere is still there uh, yes it is still there it is now 25 feet behind the ogre. Ah, damn. Okay. Um, I'll just do a a good old standard blast. So, uh, pretty much I'll just swing the sword and shoot out a dark bolt at it. Alright. Uh, is that a is that an AC to hit? Yeah, it is. One sec. It is a, only a 13. Uh, da, 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 that hits. It's apparently swinging at a broadside of a barn. Okay. Oh, I mean, it's a giant... It's a large undead ogre. Six damage. Six damage. All right. You blast at it and it just seems to kind of absorb into its thick hide even though it's undead it's still just absorbing damage like a sponge that, that was force damage yeah it's it's it's, an, it's a zombie ogre uh <laughs> uh anorin you are up Okay, so uh, Flaming Spear is actually a concentration spell, and since it moved 30 feet away, 
I'm is nobody's in the way if I roll since it moved past it. I can roll that thing into the back of it without hitting any of the party members, right? I don't think there's anybody behind it, right? You want to light its tush on fire? You can do that. <laughs> I shall light its butt on fire. In the butt. In the butt. It butt. Its butt will be flaming. Get that preparation H ready. All right. So basically, I do that and uh, roll a dex again. Yes. The ogre's worst enemy deck saves. <laughs> the true final boss. <laughs> uh, that is a 15. How do you, uh, how much do you, <laughs> it's not going to be a lot. You basically need to divide it three. I rolled really low. Uh, you rolled a three? Three for damage. So he'll take two. Yay. I've done, eight, I've done eight damage so far. Uh, nine damage. Yay. I'm keeping count. Uh, Bardis, you are up. All right. Well, <laughs> Bardis, Bardis lets out his little chuckle. Stares the ogre dead in the eyes. Now, is this a large creature? Like considered a large creature? Uh, even it is considered. A, it is considered a large undead. The worst kind. Hmm. All right. So I hit up. Uh, I begin to rage because uh, now I'm pissed. And let's grapple. So I'm going to go for a grapple. All right. Huggy. <laughs> roll for cuddles. All right, roll for cuddles. So, huh. Well, with rage, I get an advantage on ability checks for strength. So I rolled an 18 and a 19. Oh, did you? Did you rage? I did rage. As a yeah, bonus action. Okay. Okay. Um. So a 26 athletics check to grapple. Oh, boy. Let's take a look at what he gets. That is only a 22. You have him grappled. <laughs> yes. But unfortunately, that's my entire turn. Um, but yeah, he's grappled. So, so what does that impose on him? I think this means so, he's restrained, right? No, restrained is yeah. something different. There's so, actually a grapple okay. condition. There is. I'm looking it up right now just to make sure. Uh, charm, deafen, frightened, grappled. Grappled creature's speed becomes zero, and it can't benefit from bonuses to its speed. Uh, da, 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 yeah, the condition. So, yeah, so he can't move. Effectively, he's locked in place unless he beats the grapple, or one of us is like forcefully moved. Mm, well, I don't think he will be able to break you. He would have to roll a natural twenty to beat a twenty-six. Well, if he. Uh, it, he has to take the action to break the grapple. If he doesn't specifically take an action to break the grapple, it automatically stays. And then right. um, if he wants to break it, it's just a re-roll. We'll do a re-contest. So, That's he, fine. That's if fine. If he lives that long. If he lives that long. I don't know. He's an ogre. Um, that is Bardis's action. It goes to top of the round, Silva. Um... I'm gonna go after that ogre. I'm gonna hunter's mark him first this time. All right. And just hitting him. Okay. <laughs> that one. Oh no! Oh no! I'm still in the doorway of the tavern. And... Uh. Don't hit me! Don't hit me! Uh, don't hit me! Did I hit like the door frame or something? Uh, they're in the middle of a square. Ooh, I need you to roll damage. Ugh. So I roll a d20? No, uh, no, damage. Oh, my damage. own damage. Oh, my own damage. At least I'm not 100 marked myself. You don't know if you're hitting yourself yet. Well, you can be an innocent bystander. Fair enough. Uh, four. Alright, Bardis, you take four piercing damage oh, to the butt. Sorry, Bardis! In the butt. <laughs> I, I, I don't get any sort of, like... Do that, that's, that flex thing. I'm sorry, but you're, you're grappling. Damage. 
You're raging, but you're also grappling the ogre that she shot at, which means your speed is also currently at zero until you move on your turn. Speed is zero doesn't mean AC is zero, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And I'm done. Just a little flavor, just a little flavor. Yes, uh, yes, you are done. <laughs> Charlie, just take one in the ass. Oh, the can I? The I is there a mist around the ogre? There is no, there is no mist around the ogre okay. or the skeleton. There's, there is However, a scream of rage around the ogre now. Okay. <laughs> I feel, yeah, I feel a bit like Shrek right now after that whole Robin Hood scenario, uh, holding <laughs> at the arrow in the butt. <laughs> However, uh, since you said you did look at the skeleton, I want you to roll a perception check. Uh, okay. Can you also see Bardis glaring at you? It's <laughs> <laughs> an alphabetical nope. order. Uh, 14. 14. You can see that the skeleton's bones are starting to slowly move and put themselves back together. Uh, guys. Oh, it's a dry bones. Uh, guys, he's, he's getting up. I tell the... Party. Uh no you don't. You see no, that, but you don't have, but oh, you don't no. have time because you use. You use bonus action to move your hunter's mark. So you notice, and you can tell them next round. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, after Silva is that, which was that, and then it goes to Puck and Isabel. Um. I was originally going to, like, actually just start running towards it and charge it, but seeing as Bardis just shot, got shot in the ass, it doesn't look like a good area to be standing. No, but I'm done for the round. I, I, I know, you're still after me. I don't want that. <laughs> um, let's see, uh, if I push the ogre... It would break the uh, the grapple, wouldn't it? Um, I guess I'll just do a, a quick, uh, pretty much just reach up and claw at it with the spell. So right. just reach and then have the shadow with my hands and claw at it from a distance. All right, roll to hit. That's a twenty to hit. Twenty to hit. You hit. Yeah. Roll hit. Go ahead. Roll damage. Uh, eight necrotics, so four. All right. Uh, Isabel. My roll. turn. Uh, what? I'm gonna, what? I'm gonna ask you, roll me a perception. <laughs> no. Eight. Uh, nope, you are focused on the big ogre thing that needs to die. Exactly. I go for the big ogre thing, then he die. Alright. You can run up to him within your turn and get a nice swing in. Seventeen hit. Seventeen does hit. Please roll damage. Ten damage. Nice. All right. Isabel, you just run up, and after making sure that Bardis is clinging to the front of the ogre, you slam your axe into its bat, fleshy back. Yeah. Take that! All right. And then it goes down to Lokar. All right. I don't think I have anything else I want to do with my bonus action, so I'm just going to go ahead and make an attack at him. Right. Oh, that's not good. A seven. No, that will actually that'll miss. Ah, oh, dang! <laughs> you gotta hold for a second there. Are we? Uh, are we considered flanking? Uh oh, yeah. I guess you would be if you're grappling him. Does that give me an advantage? Uh, isn't it? It does. Isn't it within like two people are like next to each other attacking the same target? It's when two character. It's when two characters are on opposite sides of the target. So he's on the he's on the opposite opposite side of Isabel though, because she went to the back because she came across. 
So it's fine. I'll give him the advantage. Alright. Uh, that's a 19. Oh, that hits. Okay. So that's my D8 plus I get radiant damage on this. That is 4 radiant damage and 7 slashing damage. 4 radiant and 7 slashing. Oh. Mm. That. Uh, also, I just realized the ogre forgot to go. So he oh. did. He he's at ten for initiative. So he will. Oh, okay. He will go ahead and take a swing at Bardis. Alrighty. Hit me. Hit me. <laughs> Because he definitely wants to move away from the flaming sphere that's up his butt, and Bardus is the one holding him there. I'm going to give protection again, though. Uh, how often can you do that? It's my reaction. Okay. Uh, and you impose disadvantage on that, right? Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, that's still a 21 to hit. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, da, 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 da. that is that is another twelve damage. Half because you're raging. Yep. All right, and then it goes to Anorin. Alright, so a picture of this, if you will. The flaming sphere backs up a bit and then, like, rams into the ochre. Oh! Again. Oh! Oh! Oh, I forgot! Isabel moved into into the space next to the flaming sphere. She attacked it from the... Behind. Behind, so... Uh, Isabel, I need you to roll a deck save. It's Axel. Axel. Axel, I need to roll a deck save. That'd be a nineteen. So that'd be a nineteen. You're fine. Yes, yeah. She takes like two, unless she's got dodge or whatever the equivalent is in fifth edition. She'll she'll just take two damage. All right, you take two flaming damage, Isabel, from the Anorans flaming sphere. Healed. healed from what? No, no, I was talking to Carly. Oh, okay. But. <laughs> Okay, I guess I'm gonna try to avoid maybe is it uh, or Axel, um, seeing as too many people are in co- uh, too many people are in close combat with it. I'm gonna like stop concentration on the flaming sphere. Uh, All right, and then Can you just move it up to its head. I don't it think it doesn't works. move vertically. So oh. I don't think it works. It can. <laughs> here's the thing: it can go over five foot high, like uh, objects. However, the ogre is more than five foot tall. <laughs> Why can't you uh, move it forward a little bit to get it in its square? That also hit you, Bardis. Why? Because it's a five foot radius around it. And you're clinging to it. Well, we're not in the same square. No, but if he moves it into the square that it's in, you're yeah, within the dead. five foot range. Oh, but we could pull like a like the fireball tactic, where it's it's hits everything as long as you're like it's five feet in front of you, type of thing. Mm. Based I on the rules. <laughs> um, one second. All right, I'm gonna do scorching ray. All right, so you see the flaming sphere just fizzle out as Anorin points and you see flames start to co- coalesce on the tip of his finger. Yes, uh, I get three, so I'm going to roll I'm going to, do you want me to roll all three at once or do you want me to keep one after another? Roll all three at once and just give me your numbers. You got it. Uh, 19, 12, and 12. All three hit. Please roll damage for all three. Wow. Beam at numbered one does seven flaming damage. All right, seven. 
Beam number two does seven flaming damage. All right, seven again. Is this going to be triple sevens? Come on, jackpot. Beam number four does four damage. For a total ah! of 18 flaming damage. Cherry. <laughs> Damn, no jackpot. You lose your coin. Um, but you do deal 18 damage to it. That is fire. That is very nice. However, I see we are running out of time for, for this session. We will pick up the rest of this fight at the top at uh, Bardus's turn next time on the Flux campaign. Yay! <laughs> I like fire. Apparently, <laughs> it's and technically it's like it's it's like concentrated sunbeams. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I like light. I'm very bright. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night.